Jewish women are the strongest force on earth. We take care of our families, our communities, and carry the sacred responsibility of ensuring that our traditions are carried on to the next generation. This is A Deeper Conversation, a podcast for Jewish women. We explore ways to strengthen ourselves and our connection with God and the Torah. My name is Yocheved Davidowitz. I am a wife, a mother, a teacher, a writer, a therapist, and most importantly, a Jewish woman. Welcome. Hey, everybody. This is Yochaved. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I am going to keep this introduction short because it's a long conversation. Believe it or not, we actually had to cut it down because I think Barry and I were talking for about two hours. But in real life, Barry is exactly what she seems like on this episode, which is a person who uses all of her talents to serve Hashem and to bring women closer to Hashem as well. She is amazing. Enjoy the conversation. Please be in touch with me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at a deeper conversation to get notified when there's a new podcast. You can also think about sponsoring an episode if you love what you're listening to and you want to help me keep the podcast going. You can reach out to me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com and please enjoy the episode. Hi, Barry. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, this has been a long time coming, actually. I am so excited about this <laughs> conversation and for my audience to get to know you. So we'll start at the beginning. Maybe let's first just tell me, because I don't even know, tell me a little bit about where you grew up. Tell, tell us about your background. Okay. So um, I grew up in Chicago. I was born in Chicago, in the city. Mm-hmm. And then at two years old, my family moved to the suburbs, Wilmette, the North Shore of Chicago, and... Um, and most of my early years were spent there. Um, so I grew up in a very, very, um, in a very Jewish home. My grandparents both came, and my mother's side came from very from homes. They always said with their thick, beautiful Yiddish accents from the old country. Mm-hmm. If I could tell you a lot about my early years, it was like typical memories and, and what have you. But at seven years old, I lost my father. So and, sad. Um, Obviously, you know, as much as a little girl even understands, it was it was a it was a it was a big shift. Do you remember him? I do remember him. Um, my father was. Both my parents were were incredible artists. Again, I was a little girl. I just I remember I remember camping trips, and I remember again he was a, an amazing artist, and mm-hmm. it wasn't something that he did for a living, but he um, he was very, very creative and very, very methodical. That's what I remember also. And um, and it was a time that I, I, I believe that everybody back in the day was striving to, in terms of making a life. I, and I, I see from my, especially from my mother, Allah Shalom, that it was a world of coming from the old country. She was the first generation coming to America and trying to very much be a part of it and very much fit into it. It was like that struggle right. of any any time that you have immigrants coming in and then all of a sudden just going going into that that new world. So as much as I didn't understand it, it was on a deep level, I, I was in the process of it and very much a part of it. I grew up, like I say, in the North Shore of Chicago. It was a very beautiful, beautiful place physically. It was um, a lot of emphasis on physicality and on mm-hmm. education and on excellence that I do. Right. I very much remember, you know, and it, it took me through my life and that in terms of striving, in terms of um, the friends that I chose, I had my, my friends were very talented and very beautiful girls. And um, but I, I just remember 
very much feeling, you know, even at a at a, a young age, very much a part of these two worlds. If that make, I, I don't know if it makes sense yeah, to you. It totally does. I mean, I grew up in Long Island, very suburban. The Jewish community was very large where I grew up in Suffolk County. You probably don't know where that is, but Dix Hills. Absolutely. Yeah. Suffolk, wait, Suffolk County is, or maybe it's it's not by Lawrence and the, all the... No, no, no. no okay. Lawrence and, and Nassau County are closer to New York. This oh, is further out. Got it. So it was this very much, very Jewish, now it's, I think, more Italian, but a lot of people, again, their parents either were survivors, so the grandparents were survivors, or came before the war, and they were trying to become American, very upwardly mobile, very educated, very Ivy League-minded. You know, the ones that were still trying to hold on to Judaism were trying to find the compromise compromise in the conservative movement, which even when I was younger seemed very vibrant, although now it's not, you know, we kind of have seen sort of the, I don't know, the straw man that it was, I guess, you know, but at the time when I was younger, the conservative school was bigger, the conservative shuls were much bigger than the orthodox shuls seemed like kind of nerdy and small. And, you know, you were sort of fighting against the tide if you were trying to be from then. And I think that that's shifted a lot you know, just as far as that goes. But I totally understand that, you know, Jewish suburban, even though like my parents were from, but I grew up in that world. So I understand what that was like. It was a very, also, I think my father grew up in a less observant home, Mm -hmm. really not so connected, but my mother grew up, came from a very, very, um, her, her parents came from extremely from homes Mm -hmm. in, in Poland and in Russia. And, um, and just, so it was such a major, part of our life but again mm-hmm. i'm saying where you had those two different worlds um going at each right. other so mm-hmm. i on one hand i felt something so incredibly strong and on the other hand i felt um you know moving into this world that was so alluring and that you want very much to be a part of yes and um so as i said i lost my father at, at seven years old and my brother i just like because it plays a very significant part that um, my brother is 10 years older than me wow. and um he um he was 17 at the time he was in his first year of college and then decided to go for one year to israel Mm-hmm. to go to work on a kibbutz and, mm-hmm. and, and what have you. And um, at that point, and you had mentioned in terms of the conservative shoals mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. movement, right. I was v- on one hand um, seemingly there, but mm-hmm. absolutely not, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense to you. Like yeah. this is where my family was moving right. into and wanting very much to be a part of, and yet they had the, the shtetls of Poland behind right. them. If right. it, It's just, yeah. it's very... Um, is it counterintuitive? I don't know if that's the correct word. I think word, a lot but of people probably found themselves in that situation, like wanting to be American and wanting to fit in and right. wanting to take advantage of the opportunities that were here and trying to hold on to like, you know, the identity, you know, also at the same time. I think a lot of people were trying right. to figure that out. Let's say, I don't know, when you grow up, but I was growing up in the 80s, like that was very much, it was very, you know, affluent time. There was a Absolutely. lot of opportunity. There was, you know, a great economy and people were taking advantage and trying to figure it out. Right. And and very much wanting to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. on one hand, I didn't understand it then, mm-hmm. but as I started my own metamorphosis and you start mm-hmm. to mature, you understand what's what's going right. on within you. Sure. My okay, brother, so your brother became your brother went to Israel for My brother went to year. Israel. He went when he was so he was 
18 at the time. Yeah. And his story is actually beautiful and fascinating. Mm. And he happens to be one of my um, very special favorite people. He's a mm. very, very great individual. He, um, so he had gone to Israel and he was working on a kibbutz. And it happened to have been that he was there during the Yom Kippur War. Oh, wow. So when the soldiers had to go and depart and become part of obviously taking over and mm-hmm. doing what they needed to do in the army, my brother was given the responsibility to man the you know areas of the kibbutz. I, mm-hmm. I'm just remembering different stories that he told, which was for a young man not being familiar with that, right. you know, came with probably a lot of different new experiences and, and what have you. Along the way of him doing that, he um, somehow or another got involved. They were filming the movie. It was a, actually a six-part series, either six-part or eight-part. It was a sequel to The Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. the movie The Ten Commandments sure, with Charlton Heston, Heston, right, of course. <laughs> and um, so they were doing a sequel to this called Moses and the Lawgiver. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened, there's not, there isn't no just so happened, became an extra in the film mm. and, um, and got very much involved. He was on the kibbutz and then he decided that he was going to go with the cast to Europe and, you know, continue on being part yeah. of this movie um, or the series. What happened was, like any good Jewish boy, he went to the hotel to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened was he was met by a very, very special man, Rabbi Mayor Schuster, Schuster Zetzel. Sure. Yeah, who yeah. who who has played a such a, a mm-hmm. the stories I could share with you, there's not so much time, but are really mm-hmm. very incredible. So he went, he went to my brother and he tapped my brother on the shoulder and he said, would you like to go to a class? Mm-hmm. My brother's like a very menschy guy. And he said, <laughs> thank you, but I'm not interested. And this proceeded, I think, like yeah. six times. Uh-huh. And finally, he didn't stop. Right. That was the greatness of, of this great, great man. And he, um, and my brother said, okay, I'll go. And he mm-hmm. ended up meeting Rav Noah Weinberg. Wow. And Zatzal and uh, my brother, my brother um, is is he obviously was a boy of truth and mm-hmm. is a man of truth. And when he got the opportunity to sit and speak with Rav Noach Zatzal, mm-hmm. he um, he was touched in such a way that he said, "I know there's something more here, and I need to give myself the 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 respect and opportunity." to be able to delve a little bit deeper, to mm-hmm. find out. Because he, again, my brother grew up much more than I did with his bubbies and Zadies from the old country. Right. Like, he really did. He, he, you know, I, there are stories that my, my grandmother, Allah HaShalem, would tell that um, that my mother was yeah. um, expecting a baby, a baby mm-hmm. to be born. And um, I think she was in her eighth month. Mm-hmm. My brother was a little boy at the time, mm-hmm. and there was complications. And in the end, my mother, it, sh- the, the baby did not survive. But when they walked in the room, they saw my brother as a little boy. just had a talus over mm-hmm. his, over oh, him, wow. and he was just happening. Like, that was just, it's, it's, it's just who he was and who right. he is and who we are, you know? Like, right. anyway, so... Um, so back at me, getting myself back here. Okay, that, so he stayed in Israel then. So he stayed in Israel, and right. he um, he actually, my brother went and you know gave it his all, and he ended up he get ended up getting smicha. He went to tells yeshiva. My mm-hmm. brother Beli Ayanhara has been a incredible, incredible rabbi for the past. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother is he's older now, probably right. for the past um, forty plus years, and wow. and and I'll just say something about my brother 
that um, I, I have the privilege of meeting up with many, many Kiruv, young Kiruv professionals and older mm-hmm. Kiruv professionals who happen to have been the students of my brother back in the day. He was a Rebbe in Chicago at Tiferes Fee. Mm-hmm. Then they moved to Atlanta and he was a Rebbe there. And now he's been for many, many years a Rebbe in California. But many of these girls, Beisako, born and bred, mm-hmm. he was back in the day, like early, early on, um, he was he was a teacher, and he, they will tell me that what your brother taught me is that Hashem loves me, right? And these are these were girls that were mm-hmm. coming from the Frumas to Frumas homes, right. but but made that mark so very very clear that they've gone on to do so many special special right. things with that that message, right. which is incredible. That's a beautiful message, and I find that that's something that really people who grew up from like not from it doesn't matter somehow they're not able to really go through life with that really strong sense that Hashem loves me. How do you give that over to somebody? So I, um, one, I don't, I I believe 100% that you could only give over Mm -hmm. something that you have within your own self, right? Right. And and that's not something that is, it's something I would say for my own self personally is been developed because I don't think that I was cognizant of it, but I will say like this, um, even from a very young age, mm-hmm. a very young age, mm-hmm. that I, you know, I had a relationship with Hashem. I, 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 I literally, literally remember as a very young child just talking to Hashem in the most simplest, simplest way. And, um, and I think through life circumstances, right, that, mm-hmm. that it, it's something that's developed. I, I would like to just say that for me on a personal note, my brother had been in Israel, mm-hmm. and when I was 10 years old, I went to um, Eretzisov for the first time, mm-hmm. and I went for three weeks. I went with my family, and um, and I, I I could say that foundationally, fundamentally, to the core of mm-hmm. who I am, it impacted my life in such a incredible, incredible way. And it wasn't because I was sitting there and I was learning and I was mm-hmm. growing. It was just being being in Eretzisov. And one of the things I wanted to share with you is that um, and I always share this with the women mm-hmm. that um, I always like to give credit where credit mm-hmm. is due. And I had a Bobby that obviously I never got to meet, but she was my my great great grandmother. And it was shared with me that when she was eighty four years old, she left Poland. Bar Hashem, well, she had a she. My grandmother comes from eleven brothers and sisters. This mm-hmm. was her grandmother, mm-hmm. and we have a memoir memoir written that is mm-hmm. so beyond when you get to know who these people were but she plays such a important incredible essential part of me because at 84 she decided to leave Poland to live and die in Eretz Israel and I say that anything anything I I, that I I've had the privilege of being a part of of doing of having that that rut zone somehow or another I I it's it's there and I believe that you know, it's it's there because of of the strength of of where she came from, of what she did, and what has been has been given over. I can't explain it, but no, I have a I have a great grandmother like that. Also, there's some that's like somehow, even though you never met them, there's a connection that sure. you feel towards that. What was For her sure. name? Her name was Lana Fagel, mm-hmm. and um, it was very interesting that even when I still I remember being in Eretz Yisrael, I. Um, we went to um, Petak Tikva, where my family, like the, yeah. the, the family that I have in Eretz Yisrael mm-hmm. lives. And there was a very, very, very old woman sitting in a chair. I still remember I was 10 years old. 
Um, and she was a very, very from woman. You could see mm-hmm. she was from, she was very pious, very quiet. And she was my great, great aunt. And I just, I have that that picture in my mind. But one thing that also stands out very important for me, and again, these are tidbits, but they're they're pieces of what I think that, that developed me and made mm-hmm. such an impression. When I had to leave here to swallow that first time, I still remember going up the escalator and it was the old it was the old airport. I don't know if mm-hmm. you were in Israel back in the day, but it was I don't very it. Yeah. it was very um simple and I just remember getting on that plane and my mother, Allah Hashem will attest to this, I got on the plane and I cried the entire way. Like I never yeah. and the that you know when you something is so strong right. within you, yes, it's it and it has remained within me, and it's it's never left me. That 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 love, I can't explain it because yeah. there's nothing physical that I could explain about it. But it impacted my life in a very very strong way. I came back. I was ten years old. I was a little fighter. I, mm-hmm. I see. I told my mother. I said, "I'm finished with Hebrew school. I'm quitting." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, literally, I was, yeah. and I said I want to learn with an Orthodox rabbi, right. and um, and she she followed through and she uh-huh. gave me that gift, and then I was in my high school years, which were, you know, I had my five best girlfriends, and uh, you know, you're in that state of, you know, your friends versus what's going on internally, and and there was always that that yearning. One thing I did want to say when I came back mm-hmm. from Eretz Israel, I still remember hiding in the cafeteria and washing my hands nagel nagel <laughs> before I ate because it was such a it was such a purity it was such a uh, you know it was such a place within me that I I knew there was something so mm-hmm. so there but I couldn't put my finger on it right, right? you know right. so then um, growing up I you know just living my life but on one hand. You know, living one way, but internally, so much was bubbling inside of me of really, really, you know, learning more and growing more and actually taking on more. Like Mm -hmm. I I, I really, in terms of mitzvahs and Mm -hmm. what have you, and um, at 20 years old, junior in college, my mother had called me and she said that a very dear friend of hers had become ill. And I remember just locking myself in my room. And I, again, I grew up, as you know, like Long Island, there was a certain, um, there was a certain a fitting in mm-hmm. that came along with it. And, a fir- yeah. and, and 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 this was my world. This is where I came from. I remember just starting to write and write and write. And I wouldn't even look at it because mm-hmm. it was so, those feelings within me, just emis real feelings of what's real and what's not real, right? You know, I always say in those years, I, I strove for greatness. Mm-hmm. So you put your greatness wherever greatness really, you know, finds its place. But um I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I shut it. And my mm-hmm. brother had called me and he said that there was an opportunity to be able to go on a summer program. It was at Neve mm-hmm. and I was um, apprehensive about it mm-hmm. because on one hand I was very much, I was away in, in college, but mm-hmm. still like uh, my friends and my family and what have you. But I said, what you know, you, what, sorry, what just interrupt, what were you studying in college? So I was, I, I was a fine arts major. I was okay. studying art and it was mm-hmm. a major, major part of my life. Very, very major part of my life. I, I don't know if I had mentioned before, but yes, I, I came from a family of artists, artists and writers and, 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 um, just a very, very, mm-hmm major major part of my yeah. life so I um okay so you the summer program to maybe go to Neve so my summer program and I was yes no no yes and in the end I said it was it really went against my against my nature but I said I'm going mm-hmm. and um 
And it was the most incredible thing. I'll tell you like this. It was very, very interesting that many people said to me before I was going, you know, there's going to be people, they're going to be more orthodox and they're going to look like this and they're going to act like this and they're going to be like this and you don't want to, you know, you mm -hmm. know, they really set up something that was, again, I, I have my grandparents and my brother and the community and what have you, but it was such a, um, it was such an aha moment for me for what the world depicts as the Jewish people and what it really means to be Jewish. So Hashem was really just putting me in a situation to just be real with me. Like mm. really, it was like that existential moment of who are you? Right. Who are you? And um, I went and it was the most incredible thing. I still remember thinking like, you know, everybody's going to go and they're going to be look a certain way and they're going to be really very much like from the, the imagery that I had of mm -hmm. the movie Fiddler on the Roof, if, I, <laughs> if you're familiar, yeah, you know. But again, I knew that that was not the case at all, but it right. was still, it was still so much of being, um, mm -hmm. you know, those, those ideas that were being put in my head. Anyway, when I got there, so many of the women, they were lawyers and doctors and professionals, and I was like, Oh, you know, it was mm -hmm. like it, it. I felt like Hashem was giving me the opportunity to see, you know, bring bring the worlds together. Which, mm -hmm. and I remember saying to Hashem, you know what, I'm going to take this where I'm coming from mm -hmm. and be able to, please God willing, be able to give over the proper picture of what this is really, really what who we really are, <laughs> and um, and you know, when people would come back, I'll, actually, one story that was very, very cute. I remember my mother was a little bit nervous. She was very mm -hmm. nervous, like you're going and you're right. learning and this. And here it is. My brother went mm -hmm. and he became more observant. And now her daughter, which, you know, she sees her career and her everything. <laughs> what are you doing? And um, I sent, I, I, I actually did exactly like this, except not quite as professional. Mm -hmm. I went into my room where mm -hmm. I was in school there. And um, I took my little tape recorder back in the day mm -hmm. and I put on, it was so, thank you, Hashem, because yeah. he put this idea into my head. I put on this very, very melodramatic music, like something that would have been in an Anne Frank film, mm -hmm. for, literally. And I dubbed in my voice and I said, Mother, this is a cult. You are right. <laughs> everybody, for real. The, 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 everybody that I'm around, they only wear black and I went on and I fed into these, these, right. these, these stereotypes, not only stereotypes, there's a, there's a better word. Cause I used it for many, many years. Just like these, these, um, demystifying, that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Demystifying all of these, right. not just preconceived notions that people are walking around with, but completely the opposite of what we really stand for and who right. we really are. And again, to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, mm -hmm. people were coming from the old country. They were coming from a place mm -hmm. of deprivation and difficulty, and they sure. really were coming from a place of, we want more, we want more for our children, we want to give them everything that we didn't have. Right. And as Rabbi Tversky, your, your uncle, uncle yeah. said that so much in, in, in life is that we we spend so much time coming from that generation, giving them what we what we didn't right what we what we trying to give them what they what we didn't have but we failed to give them what we did have and that is so powerful and i could stand up <laughs> and say very strongly that like just to see in terms of my right. own life and and, right. and being able to learn who we are and what it what it stands right. for so okay so you left this tape for your mother oh i left this, the tape for my was mother this like Thank a joke you. like just no to, uh, i sent it i actually sent it back <laughs> to america okay. with somebody 
And it was so, um, it was really playing on all of their fears and okay. all come, and all of right. their, you know, I wish I could remember the word I was trying to think of, but right. it was, my mother got the whole neighborhood because it was so, it was like a breath of like, they were cracking up from the okay. whole thing because <laughs> right. they saw that this is not who, you know, we're, right. we're walking around, we're telling ourselves these ideologies of who who our people are, and we don't even know it ourselves. Right. So right. it was something that, when I tell you, cracked the ice and cracked yeah. the, however right. you say that. And then I came back. I was in my senior year of college. My mother was very cute. She said, I'm going to watch how she comes off the plane. Like, how is she dressed? And you know what? I'm the type of person. It mm-hmm. wasn't, this wasn't just all of a sudden going to Eric Israel for mm-hmm. a summer. This was, this was a lifetime. Mm-hmm. This is a lifetime of growth and internal you know, looking, really, really taking a searing look of who we are, who I am, where I come from, and really working a muscle. And at the time that I I was in um, in Neve, I remember coming back and saying that I learned more in these two months that I learned. And I went to the finest schools and the fine I really did. And it was like there was it was common sense. That's what right. it was. It was like this is who we are. And I always, um, you know, I quote Rabbi Zohar, who mm-hmm. just left just this left world, it, right? Yeah. That he wrote the he wrote that book that said, I, I, it was called um, "Brother, We've Been Robbed," something okay. like that, right. Right? right? And that's exactly how I felt. I went from this feeling of feeling like, how could it be? How could it be that we mm-hmm. spend a lifetime? And I wasn't told at the time, right? right? But we're growing up and we're being educated in seemingly the, you know, the highest education and going for mm-hmm. the highest jobs and the highest this mm-hmm. when we're when we're on a on a level of such immaturity because we don't really know who we are and what we possess. And that's what that taught me wow. that whole summer. Right, so, but you came back and you went back to your senior year and you finished college? I went back to my senior year and okay. that senior year, yeah. literally, literally, I lived with my five, my five <laughs> roommates, wonderful girls, Jewish girls. Right. And at that point, I weekly was going for Shabbos. I went mm-hmm. to, to the Tversky's mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I was, I went to the Chabad, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the shluchim that mm-hmm. were in, um, in my college and, and grew immeasurably because mm-hmm. Everything there was not simple and easy to be able to attain it. And mm-hmm. what I gained from that year was was so foundational and mm-hmm. so precious because it showed me that this is real, mm-hmm. this is Emmis, and that I'm not going to be um, uh, lured in by all of what we see on the outside. And it was, for me, it was such a, a year of incredible, incredible growth and, and strength. Right. Really, it was it was amazing. amazing. So you did this growth in America in college, not in Israel. Not in Israel. Mm -hmm. Maybe Israel was like the trigger or the it was the the fire underneath you. Yeah, because I think again, and I'm saying this on behalf of Mm. of of every Jewish woman and every Mm. Jewish person. Mm. You know, many times we look at it and we'll say, "Well, she's observant. She's not. She's a balas tshuva. She." We're all coming. If we're here, if we're sitting here Mm. in 2020, 22, however we say it, right. (laughs) We are, we are, we are connected to a chain mm-hmm. that is 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 unbreakable. Mm-hmm. It's unbreakable, and I do believe in my own life that Hashem put me into specific situations because He had a whole plan for me right. after I was going to leave college and be able to, you know, be connected to people that were coming from the same world as myself mm-hmm. and people that were coming from the same world that I was coming from that I was born into my legacy, mm-hmm. my family. And, and, um, so, 
I um so I finished college mm-hmm. and um and then I decided afterwards I was going to go back to Israel to further my studies to to strengthen that muscle and um I I went back to Neve and then uh, a very significant story if I could share yeah, it I'll absolutely. short and sweet and is that I was at um a Shabbos table with um, many other young people. And there was an older woman, a very, very special woman, who I, I have a tremendous amount of a karasatov, um, Ruth Zekatinsky, mm-hmm. who has played a very, very major role in my in my life. Um, she, um, everybody was going around mm-hmm. in a circle and saying, what are you doing? And, you know, what are you doing here? And, mm-hmm. and how have you spent your, you know, your year and what have you? And I said, I just graduated with a degree in fine arts and I, um, I'm here to further my studies. So this lovely, beautiful woman comes up to me and she said, would you be interested in, um, and doing any, any illustration work for a children's book. I have a publishing com, um, company for Jewish books. And one thing led to the next, and we made this this mm. this wonderful, wonderful connection. She then called me and said, by the way, are you interested in meeting somebody? And, and mm-hmm. I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and um, she she fixed me up with a wonderful, wonderful young man who was obviously not my bachelor, but we both said mm-hmm. we're going to keep each other in mind. And he actually called, and he said, you have to meet this particular person. And my mother had come mm-hmm. to Eretz Yisrael at that time for five weeks right. to see what it is. Like, really, really, again, she came from she came from a, 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 her parents who came from an Orthodox home, right. but the education was not there. Right. It wasn't there. Yeah. It just, you know, it, my mother would always say, went to Yiddish school. My mother always said also, she said that her generation, which I think was so... You know, now that I think back, was was so vulnerable and yet so beautiful. She mm-hmm. said, "My generation is a lost generation because they came from this 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 world, and everybody again was pursuing something, but in the interim, it, it was so easy to lose where they came from." You know, so um, obviously our, our roots were very, very, very strong, mm-hmm. very, very strong. And um, so she came and she uh, she went to classes and she loved it in a way that I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Everybody loved her also. Mm-hmm. My mother like was such a connector, such mm-hmm. a person who brought people in. And um, and then I happened to have met my husband. How did I, I meet him? I'll say it short again. I hope short and sweet. It's okay, sweet. you don't have to go short. Okay. We all want to hear the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my mother and I went to, do you know where by Mutti Burger? Sure. Okay, so he's such a major part of Asia Tova, yeah, right. such a major part of my life, such a yes. Bela, his wife. And right. so I said, you know, you want to take your your parents to experience like the best places mm-hmm. around, right? So mm-hmm. we went for Shalashudas for, you know, on Shabbos. And uh, my mother and I were there and there was a bunch of young people. My mother was forever young. That's who she, you know, mm-hmm. she was also very artistic and very, um, just, a, just very much a connector. Anyway, so this young man started to, you know, talk, and it turned out that we had the same last name, and there was a lot of mm-hmm. so-called coincidences going on mm-hmm. there, which nothing is a coincidence. And we were talking and talking and talking and talking, and then the hour got late, and Shabbos was over, and we departed ways. And he and I remember his last thing saying something like, "I have a chavrusa, and I'm going to learn. I'm going right. to learn with um to going back to Asia and, and what right. have you." We left the situation. That was it, and then. This this right. this young man called me and said, 
I really want you to meet this person. I really think he'll be perfect for you. And um, he came to pick me up. My mother had a, mm. a, an apartment in the mm. old city. And um, and um, and we went out and, and it was very nice and it was very, you know, right. and um, we, went on, we went out again. And, and then that night, my husband, this is, <laughs> you know, my husband said to me, he said, what do you think about the idea of, of getting married, of, of having 10 children and supporting your husband? This was, I was like, I, I, I was like, huh? <laughs> no, I didn't understand this what was on going on. This was your second date? My second date. Oh gosh. He knew exactly what he was doing though. Right. Yeah. Cause he understood like you were young and it's yeah. it's very powerful what yeah. he what he understood he was like do you understand that you're and it really is the truth of the matter it's it's universal it's universal for right. a from woman and right. and what have you that do you know what what marriage means right. that's what he was really saying do you know right. what it means to raise a family do you know, he was really mm. he was smart as anything right. because it wasn't just this is cute and we're getting married and she has you know it's written on this and it works out on the resume and all this stuff but do you know who you are. Do you know mm -hmm. what you stand for? Do you know what's important to you? Do you know what your goals are? And I remember thinking to myself, I I want to say yes, but I'm not saying yes. <laughs> this is not me. This is not you know. Right. And I said I said no. I you know. And I and I remember calling this this man, this young man, and I said, no way, I'm not going out with him again. And he said to me, Barry, give him another, give him a chance. And for some reason, I I said okay. It was very interesting. And that third date that we went out on. Again, it was so telling, and the questions that he was asking me, and the questions that I was asking back, that I was able to really, again, I'm going to use this word over and over again because I think it's so important. Like foundationally and fundamentally, mm -hmm. getting to know my own self and what was important. And by the third date, I was like, "Oh my goodness gracious, I like him." My poor mother <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Very sweet. And what happened was that um, he was also very centered and he would mm -hmm. only go out, Rav Noach said, don't let your emotions take over and go mm -hmm. out once a week and call once a week. That's right. the way that he did it. Right. And it was so smart. Very smart. And yeah. Very smart. And um, and so we, um, we went out and then on the eighth date, it happened to me my mother was going back to America and I was very, very sneeze about the whole thing. I, it's, I, I, I don't like, I don't like to talk, even though I like to talk, right. but I don't like to talk. I know what you mean. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I I hope that that's one message that will get to my generations uh, that to, to everybody with quiet comes bracha. Don't talk. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. So um, as much as I shared with my mother, I was very quiet. And nobody mm -hmm. knew. No. Right. And my best friends did not know. And my mother was going back to America and she did meet him. Mm -hmm. It was very like it was more like little by little, like, like, a, like sweet and nice, but not. And then the night that my mother left my husband to be, um, he said to me that, um, I'd like very much to take you back to America. I would like you to meet my parents and I would like to, and, and basically, um, what he did mm -hmm. say, it was very sweet. My mother had a, this apartment, yeah. so I, I had my, my luggage there. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, you know, um, would you help me carry my luggage to the to the taxi? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, if you'll marry me. And it was Aww. very sweet. <laughs> it was so sweet. And, That's how you um, proposed. <laughs> like literally, literally. Yeah. But then my, uh, he did it again formally. Yeah. That was a, that was a, a, a experience. Anyway, my mother went back to America, and um, 
I, I called her the next day. I said, Mom, I don't know I'm going to tell you this, but I'm coming to America. She said, I don't. And my mother at this point, which was so beautiful, mm. had literally, literally, after all of these years, had seen everything that her children saw mm-hmm. and everything of what it really meant, what, what Judaism was all about, mm-hmm. what Yiddishkeit. And again, she had the most beautiful, beautiful feelings mm-hmm. of her own Yiddishkeit, if I could say sure. that. She really did. She grew up, there was such a, um, there was, you know, they called it um, Lebedic. You know, right. I call it Lebedic. That was right. it. It was it was such a, there was a Ruach, there was a Simcha, there was, she grew mm-hmm. up with that. And um, anyway, so I, I broke the news and said we're coming back and um, that I was getting engaged and the rest was history. And my husband and I, um, after we had gotten married, we got married, actually we were planning getting married in in Eretz Israel, and it turned out that everybody vetoed, vetoed it, and mm-hmm. we got married in um, in America, which was beautiful and so meaningful mm-hmm. because everybody that you know right. means so much. And my husband actually had learned in the yeshiva in um, in America, and mm-hmm. it was just everybody. It was Lebedic and 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 very very beautiful and special. And then right after Sheva Brachas, we went back to Eretz Israel. Wow. It's amazing because I know that this is a very common experience. You're talking about your mother. Um, and I remember I had this conversation also, I think it was with the podcast that I did with Annette Rhodes, which was a super fun podcast. Oh, wow. One of the first ones that I did. So, um, but you know, when you become, when people become from, and there's sometimes this initial hesitancy on the behalf of the parents, they're nervous. What are their kids getting involved? Like you said, it's a cult and they're turning their back on everything that we you know, gave them and they're very sometimes a little even, I, mean, I don't know, it doesn't sound like your parents were like this, but, or your mother was like this, but sometimes even hostile. But usually they come around when they see the kind of lives that their children are living and when the grandchildren come and then they see, oh, okay, you know, my child is happily married to somebody who treats her really well and the kids are growing up in this very wholesome world and they see their friends who maybe their children didn't do that and the contrast sometimes can be very, very stark. Again, I say it's like a little bit of... Um... <laughs> Oh, this doesn't sound funny, but a little bit of like schizophrenic because yeah. on one hand, yeah. my mother did grow up with Bubbies and Zadies right. and right. Yiddishkeit and Kashras right. and, and she grew up with it and it was a it was a part of you know, it, it was it was it was there. It just uh mm. you know I really do believe that Hashem had a, 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 a not a detour by any mm-hmm. means, but a, a place of being able to step back so that you can go forward in such a right. in, in such a deeper, deeper, you know, deeper right. way. Right. Okay. So now your husband, you and your husband are living in Arctral, newly married. And how did you always want to now I know this is a funny word that we say cure of professional. Yeah. It is a little bit of maybe we could talk about that. But like did you always want to continue on in that way and to do cure? Like was that was that the plan from the beginning? So it was the it was the plan from the beginning and what was so beautiful about it is mm-hmm. that my whole you know, when you stop and think about my whole real introduction to my own Yiddishkeit mm-hmm. was from my brother from Rav Noach, which mm-hmm. I found to be so beautiful that I was a little girl mm-hmm. and I, you know, that's how my brother, you know, made his mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. And so my husband, right, mm-hmm. that he, my, bro- my husband was learning in, in Aish and that really was the plan. And I did know going into being married really that this was going to be such a major part of our life. And, you know, it's interesting, even in college, I was writing myself a few notes here mm-hmm. and I was seeing like my natural state is, you know, I, I, even when I was surrounded by people who knew nothing about their 
their Judaism. Even when I was, you know, in, in my, you know, in my college years, I was still trying to teach them about what it meant to be Jewish. Mm-hmm. I, I found it to wow. be really, I was looking back that it wasn't like something new that I was introducing myself. It didn't, it wasn't something that was cognizant and it wasn't mm-hmm. something that was planned, but it was something that was part of, I, I believe part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I love people. I'm a connector and, like and your mother. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love what I love, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It was just like, I love connection. And it was, and, and my, my connection to Judaism is connection. And I think it's really an important, you know, an important, not just a port important word, but, you know, a person could be going through their, their whole life and living a a so-called from life and we could be robotic or we could be connected. So Mm -hmm. I, 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 when I look back, not that it was something that was planned or educated or what have you, but it was something that was such a part of my of my being. All right, that makes sense. Okay, so how did you get then from Israel to Cleveland? Okay, how did that so um, so we were living in Israel mm-hmm. and we had just decided together that we were going to make Aliyah. Mm-hmm. We were there. Our first child was born there, Tehillah, and um, and we that was it. We were making Aliyah. And we actually met my in-laws. We we um, we met them. We went away mm-hmm. on a on a on a trip with them. We were we were um, we actually went to Switzerland, and we basically were breaking the news to them mm-hmm. that we were going to be really making this our home mm-hmm. for good. And then we got back, and right when we got back, my husband was offered um, a position in Washington D.C. to start the the branch of Aish, mm-hmm. and he really felt. He said, "You know what?" That I want, and this is these are my husband's words, not mine, because mm-hmm. I was so, I can't tell you how much I just wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. He said, I just want to be able to give back all all that I was given. Just wants to be there, I mean, you wanted to be in Israel. We wanted to be in it. We had, right. we had decided right. that we right. were going to make Aliyah. We shared right. it with our family. That was it. The minute that we shared it with our family, <laughs> a very, very special man who, who you know, is a big part of a, of a community mm-hmm. In Potomac, Maryland, mm-hmm. a, a, a newer community back in the day, you know, he really, really wanted to bring a young Rabbi in Robertson mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really, really help to develop the community there. So, um, is and I was six months pregnant. Wow! And um, Tila was one little, a little girl. Yeah, she was a little girl. <laughs> I did not want to go, but um, you know what? I I really wanted to support my husband, mm-hmm. and again, and just like his words that he wanted to give back to the Jewish people. Obviously, I had that very, very strongly within my own self, be able to give the mm-hmm. gift, you know, of what I was given to be able to give back. So we um, very, very shortly after moved to um, Potomac, Maryland. And um, it was, again, it was an amazing experience. It was an incredibly growthful experience. Mm-hmm. I find that, you know, you look in your own life that when you have, you have to... Um, use all your strength and all mm-hmm. your internal muscles, right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't, we were not surrounded by, you know, internally in Potomac with a, you know, with, with a community, right? Right. We were really, really helped to develop it with, you know, bringing in new mm-hmm. students and what have you. And what my husband and Rabbi um, Meyer, who is uh, a rabbi in Eretz Israel, what they did together was in, in a very, very short time, was was an amazing thing, amazing people and amazing families that you know. Some of them reside today yeah. in Cleveland that started right. their Jewish journeys and what have you, and all around in Eretz Israel. So it was a very very 
growthful, not always such an easy situation, right. but um, I wouldn't have taken it back for anything. It was, you know, again, when you when you have to give it your all, all right. you're not depending on everybody else around right. you. when you're the only one. You know, and yeah. it, really, it really puts you in a situation that, you know, every part of you, right, mm-hmm. you want it to shine and you want to be a Kiddush Hashem and we should always be like that. And right. I... You know, but it's like you're just giving your all. I used to go for my spiritual, uh, you know, intake to Baltimore (laughs) and uh, and just try to really, um, you know, get whatever I could get to be able to give and then to be able to give out. We ended up staying in um, in Potomac, Maryland for um, almost maybe a little bit over three years. And then our youngest daughter was was um, she was. Tila was three at the time. Moshe was born, and he was already, um, I'm just trying to think. And then our our, our third child, Shlomo, was born. Mm-hmm. And then it, it got to the point that we really, really did need a community we for our children. You Your know, school. the schools and what right. have you. And it was something that was not an easy decision, mm-hmm. but it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. It was the right decision, and we then moved to Cleveland and it was almost like I always say that you know how Hashem just like picks you up and lifts you up like on his eagle's wings and brings you I totally have experienced that I've lived in so many places and each time it's like oh okay this is interesting (laughs) that I'm here now I see why you know and sometimes you don't see it till afterwards but you know usually you could see it even in the moment and I'm sure for you that every one of your experiences has like just made you who you are to be able totally. to give totally. what, you know, I could only say for who you are here <laughs> in Cleveland, you know? Yeah. Well, like I lived in Vancouver for 11 years and I was young, kind of like you, like I went with my husband, you know, it was an opportunity. And when you're in that situation, I totally relate to it. I mean, there was a little bit, maybe more of a community in Vancouver than what you're describing in Maryland. And I don't know, I probably was the same age. I was 29 when we moved there. But when you are all of a sudden, you're a young girl and now your husband's the rabbi and people come over to you and ask you questions, you kind of really need to, like, know the answer. And so it forces you to really confront what you believe in and to be able to not only know for yourself but be able to give it over in a beautiful way to other people. So it's really, like, the one that benefited was me more so than the people that I impacted. So that's what I felt. I don't know if you... Absolutely. Like, it was such such an incredible gift. Yeah. Again, not easy. I think that we live in a world today that every if it's easy, then it's good. It's not true. Right, right, not true. Right. You know what? At the end of the day, you want to flex those muscles right. and, and feel like I gave it my all, and there, that's right. you know, that's the deliciousness in right. life. It's a, you know, right. And my husband says to tell me them always, hard is not bad. It's just that's hard. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, there are things that maybe we can we think are bad or seem difficult, exactly. but that's not hard. Is just hard. Exactly. Yeah. I just have to share with you. You'll have it yeah. that. You know, when we moved here, we felt like we were coming to, like, the most. It, it, it was, again, this is 30 years ago. Right. University Heights, <laughs> there was no, there was, I think, three people on our block that were from. Wow. And around us, it was, it, you know, everybody else was feeling like this is, you know, there's not so much going on here. Right. And for us, we were f- soaring and flying. Right. And, right. and um, you, like, thought you were moving to this giant Jewish yeah, community. Yeah, <laughs> it was just... It was incredible, and I yeah. never and I never lost that. Like I, right. what I've been amazed to see is what has transpired over thirty years, and um, right. and it, it's incredible. But I do want to I, I do want to share because it's so important. Is that 
you know, one of the first things that I had the, like, I would even call it a rut zone was Mm -hmm. just to be able to, I'm here. Where are the Torah classes? Where am I going (laughs) to, where can I go? Where can I learn? Started going to um, Mrs. Barkin's Shurim and and Mishle. And this Mm -hmm. was 30 years ago. And I want to stress this, especially like in terms of being part of the Chizik mm-hmm. mission and what have you, that sometimes, not sometimes, there's when when there is that peace that is that space of mm-hmm. yearning and that mm-hmm. space of of space mm-hmm. that when you taste it and when you hear it and when it's something that's so real, mm-hmm. it it's so much more that mm-hmm. you know you you feel so much more drawn to it mm-hmm. as opposed to you could be hearing all these things all the time and not realizing that you know the gift was staring you in the face the entire time mm-hmm. but we're we're just we're just used to it you cu- you come to Vancouver and so you make it your business to find where who are the people that are teaching Torah like not just what can i teach but also what can i learn Right. Exactly. And that I think that was what I went into it is what could I learn? And mm-hmm. I um and, and, and Mrs. Barkin has been a mentor mm-hmm. and a and, and a Revitson for mm-hmm. me, like and has has made such a impact on 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 my life mm-hmm. and and the the connections that I've made with different people and how I've made the connections, I would even say, if I could say that. So you moved here to do Kir- like to do Kirov to We moved here completely to do Kirov. Okay. We started, we actually, Rabbi um, Yehuda Appel and mm-hmm. Hannah Appel, mm-hmm. we were our partners with each other for, you know, for many, many moons. We've been 30 years with each other and um, and working together. Back in the day, my husband was much more, both Rabbi Appel and my husband were really very much working together. I would say personally on my mm-hmm. own stuff, I was raising my children mm-hmm. and um as I said, I had, you know, I pursued a degree in art and for many, many years I was, you know, either doing my own artwork and then starting when I was, was actually in, in, um, in Washington, I started teaching, I started mm-hmm. teaching young children, I started teaching adults and teaching teenagers, art. teaching art. Yeah. yeah. So that was very much, you know, one, I did it in my home so that I could be home with my children right. and, um, and it was something that helped to bring in, you know, help help my husband in terms of Parnassa. But it was also a responsibility because it's such a love and it was a gift. And um, and right. Well, that's I think really interesting. I did a podcast with Rifki Silver, so she's yeah. a musician, um, and we talked about, you know, just sort of. I mean, it's a little bit different. I think when you're a musician, you really do have to make choices. When you become from, or in her case, become Jewish, you have to give up sometimes certain things. But I think. That's such an important thing for people to realize. You have to like not stop doing the things that you're good at, or the gifts that Hashem gave you. In your in your case, right. art. I'm not at all artistic. Right. I'm always like envious of artistic people. <laughs> like it, it, it's so crucial what you're saying yeah. because exactly, it, you know, people think like that's my life and this is my Yiddishkeit. It's not right. true. Right. It's not true. And I, I would say for mm. a, a person to be a healthy, whole, yeah. shlemus. Right. Yid, yeah. right? That Hashem gave us this, you know? And I think one of the most important important things is that each one of us has to mm-hmm. look ourselves in the in mm-hmm. the mirror and say, who am I, right? right? Who am I? Why did Hashem bring me here? Right. What are my gifts? What are my, what are my talents? What am I? And it's not something to reject. It's something to, to be able to bring in a, a, a wonderful, wonderful um, young rabbi, um, shared something. I, I, I had the privilege of being in Eretz Israel this past October, and he was speaking at a leadership um, 
men's mission. And mm -hmm. um, he said that, you know, when we say that Abram Avinu, that he came with his days, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, you know, many times we look at that and we say that he came with his days, that every day and every moment and every, every, mm -hmm. everything was, was almost like perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, he came with his days and he, he gave such a beautiful, I, I, a stunning paradigm shift. And he said that he came with his days, meaning that he came with the Avram Avinu, he came with the Avram, mm -hmm. he came with the Avram Avinu as a young child, mm -hmm. as an adolescent, as a right. teenager, as, a, as, a, as an adult. And he came with all of his experience mm -hmm. and he came to Hashem with all of his days. And I think that that is such an important thing that for us as, 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 as Jewish women, right, mm -hmm. that to know who we are. Many times we, you know, we, we could be living life very much like, you know, like a business deal, like right. robotic. Right. I, I keep kosher. I keep Shabbos. I do this. I do that. But do I know who I am? And if we know, the more that we know who we are, we have responsibility for that, you know? Right. And I think that it's so much a game, so much of a game changer of, of also the, the level of simcha that a person has, because if we're rejecting totally. all those parts, yeah. then we're missing the boat. Yeah. As opposed to right, bringing that in, it's right. such a, it's so, and not looking at somebody else, who they are, but look at who you are. Right, what Hashem gave you. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story, but I have, to, I have to ask you, just being in Kirov all these years yeah. and how it's changed. Okay. So I want to get to that. But as you were talking, it, this reminded me when my daughter was in Israel, when she was in our store for seminary, my daughter loves to travel. And so before Pesach, they have off, you know, the seminaries give off like, you know, two weeks before Pesach or whatever it is. And so she arranged a trip to Cyprus with her friends. Wow. They were all going to go and they got a house and they had all the food and they were going to bring it. And it wasn't Cyprus. It was Crete. It was a little island, a Greek island. And um, one of, there was another girl who had wanted to go and she had asked her mother and her mother said, you know, the year in seminary is for learning and it's for learning about Torah and, you know, growing in this way. And it's not this is not for fun. It's not for, you know, this is not what you're meant to do this year. And so my daughter called me. I remember having this conversation. I remember where I was. And I said, I think that what this mother's, the message is that there's fun right. and there's Judaism. And those are two different things. Right. And you can't do them together. Like you're going in a very safe and kosher and healthy way. And you know what I'm saying? Like that whole message, like you don't have to like have your fun be outside right. of your Jewish experience. Right. is so important. It's kind so of what important. you're saying with talents, really. It, but, it, it's or, it. I think it's everything, and I think yeah. it's it's such a. And if we're talking about, if we're looking at a world that's seemingly so broken today, I, yeah. I it's it, it's broken, and in, in, in so many ways that that you know we're trying to fix the symptoms, but if mm. we could get to know first of all who we are and to know our preciousness, and just like you said, it said it said we are an ashama, mm -hmm. but Hashem placed us into this body, right, right? and we all have a different you know, a different makeup, a different, like we were saying, a different toolbox, mm -hmm. a different things that give us such chiyus. And mm -hmm. not to, you know, to, to, to move away from it, but how can I integrate? The Rabbi, um, Rabbi Breitowitz, who actually is a, an unbelievable, unbelievable Rav, he was mm -hmm. our, actually a Rav in, um, in Silver Spring when oh, we were really? in Potomac, such yeah. a special, special person. He's now in Israel, and he speaks for us, actually, in Israel. But... Um, I, I just I, I just remember him saying like don't like bring all of it in, bring all of who you are as opposed to mm -hmm. like that is what's gonna give us joy. It it it's not like you say, it's mm -hmm. not one versus the other, but how can I take all of it? Mm -hmm. And 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 he quoted Lubavitch Rebbe Zatzal. He said that 
you know, take it and bring out, bring it in the most beautiful, kosher, gorgeous mm-hmm. way, but mm-hmm. do it because we're going to be asked. And after 120, Hashem's going to say, I, I gave you this. I gave you this. This is your vehicle, how to bring Kiddush Hashem and light into the world. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm such a firm believer to you know, just know who you are, mm-hmm. you know, know who you are and, 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 and get to know who you are. Many times people are walking around, they just don't know who they are. So this is really the struggle. This will come back to the Kirov conversation because I know you've been here for 30 years, been doing Kirov. And, you know, as we sort of were talking about this before the podcast, Kirov maybe, uh, maybe in the 50s, 60s, 70s, people were thinking more of like people who knew nothing, bring them in and show them the beauty of Torah. But Bar Hashem, first of all, the from community has just exploded. And of course, people are falling through the cracks, unfortunately. But beyond that, you know, people even who grow up, let's say, ostensibly in a yeshiva or in a from community, don't always know that. They don't always feel that. A lot of times what they're doing is social convention. It isn't necessarily something that they feel. It's just, again, it's just like, you know, this is where they grew up. So how do you get people, I guess in your case, probably more specifically women, to really know that? Like, how do you find a way to, like, get people to understand that message? To, basically, what you're saying here is just yeah. to see the, the beauty of of their Yiddishkeit. Mm-hmm. From my own personal experience, just mm-hmm. to be able to have gone through that metamorphosis of being mm-hmm. able to, um, and, and and again, I, I give credit where credit is due, of Noah Weinberg's at Sal, like, mm-hmm. his, his whole... It, Everything that he taught, that everything that he embodied was Torah's Chaim. That it's, it's not. This is not. You know, it, it, it's, it's relevant. It's, it's our, it's our instruction books for for living. How to have a beautiful marriage. How to, how to, how to, how to be a whole person. How to be in business. How to be in. It was. He brought the rel- relevancy of mm-hmm. everything. And the most important thing that he brought, and I'm just saying mm-hmm. for my own self, is that 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 deep, deep connection. Mm-hmm. To, of, of Hashem, that it's not that Hashem is there and we're here, mm-hmm. but he's, he's with us, he's rooting us on, he believes in us, mm-hmm. right? That, that I think that um, if you're asking me on a personal mm-hmm. note mm-hmm. how I convey that message yeah. is that, number one, I, I hope and pray that um, it's something that I work on in my own self, mm-hmm. because again, you can't give over something unless... You're living, and I think, and, and, and honestly, you'll have it that that the more that we are living it, the mm-hmm. more that we see it, the more that we are connected to it. You don't have to say much. <laughs> I, I, I I I have to say, right. in my many many years of right. Kiruv, right. that I've I've learned <laughs> to more just be as right. opposed to say. Yeah. And I think that so this is this is universal. This is right. not just for the right. Kiruv world. This is for the. This is for, you know, there's Kiruv, you know, Rehokim, there's Kiruv Karovim. Kiruv yeah. is not just, it's, it, 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 to be close to Hashem, that's what yeah. it really means. Right. And um, many times we're, if, you know, psychologically, mm-hmm. I'm talking to the therapist here, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I think that we're trying to prove something to ourselves. So the more that we so can say it outward, then right. we're believing it more. Right. As opposed, and I'm saying again from my own right. life's metamorphosis, that the more that you just are and the more that you're connected right. to it, you don't have to say much. Because right. I want to quote, thank you, I, I, I think I shared this with yeah. you when we spoke before, but it's so important that, I don't know, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. to I, I can't be exact, but... 
Rabbi Adam Twersky mm-hmm. Zetzal came and sat on a Kiruv panel mm-hmm. in Cleveland mm-hmm. with the Kiruv professionals and the different Rabbanim I, I remember. And I, I still remember that fire that he had in his mm-hmm. eyes. And he said, he said, and, and, and he said, if we were living our Torah mm-hmm. the way that we were meant to live our Torah, they would be knocking down the doors to get what we have. Wow. They would be knocking down the doors because it's infectious. You don't have to say much. It, it's it's in your it's mm-hmm. in your being. It's in your it's right. the way that you walk. It's the way that yeah. you talk. It's a, it's your mentalkeit. It's you know very often people will say to me, you know, how do I get more involved mm-hmm. in Kiruv and what he mm-hmm. have? And it's just like, you know what? When you walk down the street, smile. <laughs> just sm- it it's 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 so. Again, foundational. It's such. It's mm-hmm. menschlichkeit. It's right. being. When people see Emmis, right. they want it. It's right. not. I, I, of right. course, we have to teach them, and we have to. We have to mm-hmm. have all of the lessons and Amuna and Torah Chaim and what have you. But I think it starts first with us. Right. You know. Right. I love what you're saying. Meaning that you don't have to necessarily look at Torah as a product that you need to sell. It sells itself, right. and if you can. In, be that person that you want to be or that you're trying to be, like you said, know who you are, then that's all the advertisement that really anybody ever needs. And it's also true. I know like I've been teaching for a long time. You get up sometimes, you give a speech and you think it was such a great speech. You give a class and you think, wow, like I totally nailed it. And are there payrolls from it? You don't really know. Like, did it really make a lasting impact on anybody? And then somebody will say, you know, that time I saw you with your child talking to her, like just it totally changed some random thing that you had didn't even realize is really what winds up impacting somebody so you never really know exactly you just have to like you said be instead of say exactly and you know what the bottom line is again i say this over and over and over again Mm -hmm. many times people look like a a, you know someone who's an observant jewish person they'll look at those people and us it's not true it's not true i'm sorry i I hope that i'm not coming on too strong here but they're a yid is a yid is a yid, right? Mm-hmm. We all are coming from the same mm-hmm. bobbies and zadies. We all are coming, and you know. And, and when we talk about it again, I'm quoting Rav Noach. That's out, like right when we say like what the angel taught you, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. it's, it's all in here, right? There right. is a malach that taught each and every one of us, not mm-hmm. just not just the from yidin, mm-hmm. but all of us that Torah. It's right. within all of us, and when we hear it, mm-hmm. and when we when we see it. No matter what, it's something emis, mm. emis attracts emis. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, you know, my husband and I have had the privilege of learning and studying with some of the smartest people in Cleveland, in this mm-hmm. Cleveland community. Mm-hmm. Doctors and lawyers and, 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 and people that are so incredibly, incredibly highly educated mm-hmm. and did not grow, you know, they, they grew up how they grew up. But when they, when they hear Torah and when they hear when they hear Emmis, they hear mm-hmm. Amuna, it's like it it you're just drawn mm-hmm. to it because it's not it it's not something that is it, it's a part of them. Mm-hmm. It's just the chain got a little bit, you know, it got mm-hmm. a little <laughs> bit severed there. Right. But but within that space, that's what I was saying before, mm-hmm. when once you hear it, you want it. Right. And it's all how it's given over. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Right. Somebody could be saying something and you you're trying to, you know, be so strong and say something and it could be not done in the proper way you could lose a person right mm-hmm. but it's it's uh we're, we're universal that's right. that's what i'm that's what i've come to see and i see right. that with the from women as well right 
I mean, you do, okay, chizuk, because I do want to talk a little bit about chizuk retreat, which is really for, I mean, would you call it, like, I don't know if you use the word in reach, you know. Yeah, I would. So how the whole thing happened, and I want to give this over because I think it's extremely important, is that um, 13 years ago, my dear friend, Lori Palatnik, who was an Aish Rebetzin for many, many years, mm-hmm. a very, very incredible, incredible woman in the Jewish mm-hmm. world who's impacted lives beyond lives. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a dear, dear friend, and she um, we've worked together for mm-hmm. all these years. And she called and she said that she was starting an organization mm-hmm. called the JWRP, and would I be interested in, in the possibility of bringing women from Cleveland? These were people mm-hmm. that are starting their Jewish journey. And I said, absolutely. And... Um, and at that point, I reached out to Ruchi Kovell, mm-hmm. and I asked my dear friend Anna Jeff- Jaffa to come and be my like a, a city leader along with me to run this mm-hmm. this this experience. And the experience was a ten day experience in Israel, and it was beyond. I could spend so much time talking about it. There'll be another podcast. Yeah, we'll exactly. Just talk exactly. about the JWP, But it's important yeah. to where the physic right. mission was born. Right after um, that particular experience, mm-hmm. um, my dear friend Edna came to me and she said, you're living in your little Kibu bubble. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world of observant of, obs- of observant women that need this. Mm-hmm. And um, that same year, it was a nace for mm-hmm. real. And, you know, with, with partners put it together on mm-hmm. the ground in Eretz Israel. Mm-hmm. And women from all over the United States. There was even, pe- even people from South Africa, I remember. Mm-hmm. And we started that. It was 13 years ago. And it was really, really, um, it, was, it was for me personally an incredible paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's so much of where my life is today. And I'll, I'll just say, you know, that so much you'll have it of what you know, my own key of experience mm-hmm. of what I was given mm-hmm. first and foremost and what I was blessed to be able to give out mm-hmm. is no different. And I really, I know this probably sounds funny, but a Jewish woman is a Jewish woman. Right. And we all have the same, we all came from, we all come from the same mamas and the same, right? We, we, right. we do. And we all yearn to be that, that wife and to be that, mother and have beautiful marriages and to be you know to be able to reach our potential and to be able to grow in our business and to grow in our talents and to grow in our communities right and to grow in our own personal life right Mm -hmm. and also to be able to give out this is this is universal and I I saw so much of what I was given what I was given is you know being able to sit and spend time after now 13 years with some of the most incredible observant women, mm-hmm. the most incredible women. I have seen that um, we w- what we have, right? You know, many times I'll, I'll just share with you that some of the 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 um, the feedback that mm-hmm. I've gotten over all of these years is women who have grown up in the base Yaakov system, or they've grown up. I have women that come; they're you know they're Hasidish and Yeshivish, and I don't like labels, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna right. just so you can For, understand. Yeah, and and come from the modern community, so called right in Bali Chuva. Everybody are all the women are coming together. They're coming mm-hmm. together, and at first I always I, I giggle because we get on the bus. This is in Eretz Israel. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm gonna share with you very mm-hmm. quickly mm-hmm. what this looks like. We start out in Eretz Israel. We start out in Yerushalayim, and I'm looking around. We uh, we start out, and people are sort of looking over their mm-hmm. shoulder, like she's like me, but she's not like me, and <laughs> she's like me, but she's not like like. Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? And I will I, I, I could 
honestly, because I experience it mm-hmm. time and time again, that by the by the end of the evening already, it's like when we're able to get inside mm-hmm. and really connect in a very deep way, we see that all of those blockages and barriers are are just blockages and barriers. Superficial. Superficial and what have you. And many times I'll, I'll hear from these women that, you know, I went through the system. I had the m- most incredible education. People who come from the most hush of hush of homes. I will not mm-hmm. m- name names, mm-hmm. but who have, who have told me time and time again that I, I grew up, I learned so much Torah. I mm-hmm. did so many mitzvot. I did so much chesed. But but the, the but the most important ingredient that that has and I'm saying this mm-hmm. on the positive that has come into my life mm-hmm. is this connection with Hashem, because right. it was I was doing all the things I was keeping kosher I was keeping Shabbos I was doing every check 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 check, right and I was being you know you know sneers and what have you, but it went from that place of. Sometimes it could be, ex- I'm not saying ex- external, please understand what I'm saying here. Right. I'm saying that I'm doing it, right? It's like, it's like I'm doing my job mm-hmm. and I'm doing my part, but it's like, a, it's like a, the difference between being in a, in, in a marriage that's like a business deal. Mm-hmm. I wash the clothes, I do the, the lawn, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I take out the garbage, I do this, as opposed to that we, I, I do my mm-hmm. part and you do your part, but together but together we're one, and it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a connection. And right. I think that if I could give it a, a word, that is what very often is the piece that's like, it's it's the most important piece, mm-hmm. but it's the piece that I'm watching time and time and time again that women are are connecting to. Right. I hope I'm making sense with what I'm yes, saying. Yes, absolutely. I was going to ask you, like with regards specifically to Chizik Mission and you know, really doing more in reach or working within the Orthodox community and all of its various labels and denominations, what is it that women are, I mean, we just answered the question that women are missing. Like what, where's the lack? So one of the things, and again, I, I want to come on the positive. I <laughs> Absolutely. Come the positive. I'm all about positivity. Yeah. Yes. Because I think so much of the time yeah. we're trying to fix, like we're, yeah. we're trying to fix the sy- sy- symptoms as opposed yeah. to getting to the core. Right. And I think that what, I don't think what I've seen in the most powerful, mm-hmm. powerful way, you know, if I would call it almost like a formula mm-hmm. a little bit, is that, is that we are unique. Mm-hmm. We are, we are all coming from, whether our worlds look alike, you could say, well, we grew up like this and she grew up like this. We, right? You know, when, when a woman, number one, well, this is universal. Mm-hmm. When a woman is able to first of all, first of all, like breathe mm-hmm. and be able to give to herself, mm-hmm. right? And be able to take care of self-care. It's a big, it's a right. big word today, right. right? But when we're able to stop, we're we're on and, and think of the world that we're living in today. We might not even be cognizant of it, but we're running, we're running. We can all be running after yeah. of all of our, our duties that we need to most yeah. importantly take care of, which is the most beautiful gift and we have to thank Hashem every day for it. But we could get so caught up in well, what's she doing and what does she have and what this that we're not living our lives anymore. So one yes. of the things that I that I have found is that people stop. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to just stop. And to breathe and to mm-hmm. see, like, I'm I'm my own unique individual, mm-hmm. and to be able to first and foremost take care of take care mm-hmm. of themselves, and mm-hmm. and it's it's not indulgence by any means, but mm-hmm. it's it's the ability to be able to see like 
who am I? Mm -hmm. And somebody could call that a luxury, but I have to say in a world that is, as we were saying before, that's so broken, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Mm -hmm. It's such a necessity to just have those moments in our time and mm -hmm. in, in our day just to reflect. And that's cheshbon and nefesh, that's mm -hmm. called being Jewish, and right. say, who am I? Right. What's unique about me? What's special about me? What's mm -hmm. what's 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 different? What are those things that I love? What are those things that make me tick? And and I think that, you know, in my experience mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. over these thirteen years, which has been so, it's mm -hmm. not just exciting but so incredible. Right, is that women are really number one, you know getting off the hamster's wheel for a mm -hmm. little, you know, to mm -hmm. stop, to reflect, who am I? Mm -hmm. And they're able to then, when you are when you feel filled up, they're filling their neshamas. And, right. and, and by the way, I, I see it's like, and it's, it's, it's Torah and it's Amuna and it's, it's filling them up with, with a connection. Because really mm -hmm. at the end of the day, this is the way that Hashem wired us. He right. wired us to be connectors and to right. be right and women and especially I women mean, exactly yeah. exactly We're it's like relational and that's yeah. who we are and i and i i marvel i again you'll see my <laughs> But I right. marvel to see how when we get together mm -hmm. and we're in that place and space of of again being able to you know cool. stop a little bit to be able to take care of right. ourselves to be able to fill ourselves up with Real, authentic amuna and connection and mm -hmm. Torah Chaim. Mm -hmm. You know, many women will say to me, "Barry, I that's not for me. Those classes, I know mm -hmm. like this, this, this part is for me, but that part's not. The spa, I like the spa, but that's not." And they're the first ones in the front row right. that are up there and right. writing and writing because it's Torah that's speaking to their neshamas. Mm -hmm. It's Torah that's speaking to their uniqueness. And you know, you have women, I always say that you have women that are more intellectual, you have women that are more emotional, you mm -hmm. have more women that are more spiritual. And to be able to watch women be in a situation that, you know, that are learning from women that are learning different than they are. And it's right. like, they're like, Oh, I never, right. it was, I right. didn't know. And they've become the closest, dearest of friends, because it's not that I always have to be about like-minded mm -hmm. we are like-minded we right. just tell ourselves that we're not and yes we have to be you know when it comes when it comes to halacha and it comes to hashkafa and all this but at the end of the day you know what i have such faith in people we want right. to do the right thing like right. we want to be connected we want to we yeah. want to make hashem proud you know i think the beautiful thing about your story that you told you made very deliberate choices. And I think that's something sometimes that people who grew up, let's say, in a firm home and are living their firm lives sometimes maybe feel envious of Vali Chuva that there was never this moment of deliberate choice where you kind of said, okay, this is the MS and I want to live my life according to this MS. And there's really a kind of conscious, like embarking on a certain lifestyle or taking on a specific set of values. And I think, I mean, what I'm hearing that you're saying and what I think is maybe what Chizik does or what you've been doing all these years is that even for people who grew up with the education, good hashkafas, Torah lifestyle, there has to be like an, an actual like decision. This is the kind of life I want to live or an ongoing maybe learning of who do I want to be and how do I want to be in this world? You know, it's very interesting that you're saying that because I just, as you were saying this, I'm thinking yeah. about a very, very special woman who lives in Lakewood. Mm -hmm. And she always says, like, she grew up and it was more, she says, FFH, from, from, from habit. That's <laughs> why she did. It was very cute. And she said, like, in yeah. her life now, she's yeah. so 
she's so on fire. It's right. not, and I always, I, I, I had to say, I, I wish I remember when this, it was a thought that came to me, but I, 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 I think it's so true. When you talk about a, 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 an observant woman, mm. right, that I always say that, that the, the food is cooked. Right. Sometimes it gets a little bit cold, but one, once it's warmed up, watch out. Right. What I have seen, I have to, t- I, I, I have to say, like, mm. really, what I have watched, what I've had the privilege of mm. seeing these incredible, incredible women, you know, it, it, it starts, you know, because, you know, usually when they start coming on a chizik mission, mm. it's... It's um, in their early 30s mm-hmm. and their 40s and their 50s and 60s and 70s, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. age. But what I see is that the, the, all of the groundwork is there. It's all there. It's so amazing. It's a warm it ju- it enough. <laughs> it's like, right, it's like the kettle. Like when right. the kettle is cooled off, it's yeah. it. But when it's warmed up, I mean, I was just, I, I went back to my husband right before we were meeting and I was saying this, like really contemplating on the different stories and different situations. Mm-hmm. And right now I, I want to quote a very, very special, not quote, but talk about mm-hmm. for one quick, you know, for a minute or two. But um, a few of the women that came on the Chizik mission for many, many years joined together mm-hmm. and, and, and a woman, Sippy Reifer, who actually came and spoke in the Cleveland community in Yavna, and she got up one year and she said, we need to take what is going on here and bring this to the base Yaakov in, mm-hmm. into, the, into the school system. And she said, who is with me? Mm-hmm. And one woman, Liba Schwabel, who is an incredible woman, and Michelle, our very mm-hmm. own Michelle Weiss, who lives mm-hmm. in, in Cleveland, got up and said, we want to we we do this. And what did they do? The following year, they brought six base Yaakov principals on the Chizik mission. Mm-hmm. And then they formed their own they, their own principal's mission. Mm-hmm. And what they have brought into the school system today is, again, that passion and that and that excitement and that fire. And they just actually just finished yesterday an Amat's um, conference in Muncie mm-hmm. with all the Mahanchim and mm-hmm. the principals and the teachers and now other people that are coming, Chizik women, right. you know, because... With, they brought the most incredible, incredible speakers. And this is what it's all about. It doesn't mean that every person's going to go and do this. But you know what I would say? Somebody that's able to take that inspiration and just that connection right. is everything because you're bringing it home. And that's the most important place for it to be. Okay, so final question then. Yeah. For women who can't, for whatever reason, can't go on Chizik mission, but they're, I love this expression, I'm going to repeat it, FFH, they're from from habit. Yeah. What would advice would you give them? They're listening to this podcast, they're inspired, they want to do something, they can't go on Chizik mission. What would you? What would your advice be to Jewish so women? So it's, it, it, it's interesting because um, one of the things that we mm-hmm. started doing was for the young married women in Arzia Beer and Yushalayim mm-hmm. and, and around mm-hmm. you know the various communities there, and I sat with a group of young girls and I mm-hmm. said to them, just because I always, I always want to hear from them. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are creating it. We're just mm-hmm. helping to facilitate it. Mm-hmm. So they said, you know, we go to Shiorim and we, and it's, it's always wonderful. But when we get back, it's like, it's, um, it's back, like it's just back. And, and, and one of the things that I would say is the most important thing that women, you know, in terms of being able to form your own little, your own little groups, your own little chaburas, your own people. Aside from right, right, we we learn, and that's an ama- we must be learning. It's the thing that keeps us going. But when you're learning and you're connecting, and you're, it, it, it's something that is. We're first of all, we're women, so women speak a feminine language, and we 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 are all about connection. So I would really say that 
you know, one of the things that we've done here on the ground in Cleveland, you know, and I would really encourage people in their own communities is to take that, that formula really to take, to have those opportunities, you know, to go to all of these shurim, go to all of those things, but, but to do it in a way that there is a, there's a connection along with it. You know, one of the things, and we've had the privilege of hearing from you, is this Rosh Chodesh yeah. program that we've done. And it's not just about women coming together to hear a shir, but it's, 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 it's there to be able to give people the opportunity to come to just get to know other people, to get to know who the women are, to right. get to know and, 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 to, and to learn. To, I, right. I, I hope I'm making sense with what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. but um, but really to be able to do it in a way that is is connecting and to to create it, you know, we're we're, we're right now in the midst of of starting these chapters in different communities mm-hmm. right now because it's not about um, again it's it's giving people the opportunity to, and this is the most important thing you'll have with it. I want to say I want to say I'm saying so much, but is that. Instead of us bringing it to them, because you're asking what you do, you know what the most exciting thing is? Is sitting down with with Jewish women and seeing what makes them tick and what they love and what excites them and what what they want in their life. Right. And Jewish women are unbelievable. They're mm-hmm. awesome. Right. <laughs> They're incredible. <laughs> and when when you get when right. when we get together and right. we brainstorm. It's incredible to see what's yeah. inside and then start building on those ideas and, and putting those things together. It's right. not complicated at right. all. It's not complicated. It is so invigorating. And each person yeah. doing their own part, bringing these, whether right. it be chaburas, whether it be these small events, whether it be large events, right. being just sitting in somebody's home. But when it's when it's centered around something that is so real, it's a Muna base that people are, are connecting yeah. to their neshamas and they're connecting to each other in their own unique way. I think that it's such a um it works. It mm-hmm. works because it's 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 um right. it's organic and it's real and it's who we are. So the way that Hashem created us. Right. And I guess women have to be proactive also. You know, for sure. Seek it out. Where can people? Somebody is does Chizik Mission have a website? Where could I f- tell people to look it up? And so it's it's um, we have a beautiful beautiful website with yeah. all of the events and different mm-hmm. things that are are taking place okay. both virtually right. and on the ground. One in Cleveland, but all over there's mm-hmm. things happening all over. If somebody um, said, well, you know, we don't really have Chizik in the Chizik Mission in our community, but I would love to bring it to our community. Is that a possibility? It's absolutely a possibility, okay. and it's something that is happening as we're speaking yeah. right now. Okay. So um, it's it, they should go to chizikmission.org. Okay. And, um, and again, you could, right there, you could get a taste of it because mm-hmm. there's videos and you can mm-hmm. get, right? All the shiurim from Eretz Yisrael are mm-hmm. on there, and then all the different people, Baruch Hashem, we have you, Oh, am I on the yes, website? You, you are <laughs> okay. on the website. All yeah. the different beautiful, beautiful um, right. Torah that's been given over. There's classes on marriage. There's classes on on Amuna. There's classes right. on Ashkafa. There's on all the Chagim. You name it, it's there with all of the most incredible, incredible speakers in the Jewish world. Wow. For real, it's okay. it's it's there. So that could be accessed. And also, you know, we've been getting different people from different communities reaching out to us and really giving them over. Hashem gave us this this gift of Zoom. 
He gave us this and it's unbelievable. And really being able to help people to set up different opportunities in their own Mm -hmm. communities and, and let them run with it because it's, again, it's in, it's, it's universal and the women themselves are the ones that are creating it. It's Mm -hmm. not, and you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing. All right. That's incredible. Okay. I'm going to encourage everybody to go to chizikmission.org, you said. Yeah. And, um, you know, just Marissa Shem, hopefully there'll be incredible things that come out of this podcast and maybe we'll do another podcast and talk for another two hours because there's a lot more to say. (laughs) There's so many questions I didn't even get to ask you, but thank you so much for coming on. It's been a long time coming and I'm so glad we finally made it happen. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. You'll have it. It's a privilege, really a privilege.